You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Wednesday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys are all doing great. A lot to get to like usual. Talking BYU sports like we normally do. Getting you guys some updates from BYU practice via our practice insiders. We'll pass some of that information along to you guys. As well as getting some highlights from a very fun interview with Isaac Rex. Scored his first career touchdown against Troy last week. Expecting to take on a much larger role with the BYU offense going forward here in the absence of Matt. Bushman. So we'll get to that. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News. Just a ton to talk about on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. You can save $10 off your next order by using the promo code Locked On. Glad to have them on board as our title sponsor of today's episode. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 30th, 2020. Guys, I'm Jay Katz, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for joining us for your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Our aim is to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each day, as well as passing along insider tidbits that you cannot find anywhere else. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from, whichever podcast provider that you prefer to use. That way you never miss an episode and you can join us each and every day. Let's get going on today's show talking about what I've learned from BYU practice so far. It is midweek, but BYU today on Wednesday, this is what they normally would consider, I guess, a Thursday, considering they're playing Friday night against Louisiana Tech. A very interesting opponent coming in that I feel like just kind of an overview of Louisiana Tech. We'll do more of an in-depth look at them over the next couple of days on Thursday and Friday ahead of the game. But my thought is is that Louisiana Tech essentially cannot stop anybody on defense, but they're pretty dang potent on offense. Granted, the level of competition they have faced so far this season has been less than stellar. They've played one FCS opponent as well as a lower-end G5 opponent in Southern Miss. So we'll see what happens. It would have been nice to have had seen them play against a team like Baylor, but that game, of course, got postponed slash canceled due to COVID-19 concerns. So we'll find out what we expect, but I really do see this as a team that can really move the ball, but they also let the teams move the ball on them. And that should be a recipe for success, especially for BYU on offense, I feel like. Going into this game, I'm very confident in BYU's ability to play defense against this type of an offense. And the reason I have that confidence is what I'm hearing out of practice this week, folks, is COVID-19, by and large, is in the rearview mirror for BYU. It sounds like most of the guys who were out last week due to contact tracing or positive tests, Sands, Tristan Hodge, have been returned to practice and are expected to be into practice slash preparing for this week's game. That's a very positive sign. Uh, One of the people I talked to, one of our insiders last night, had a very interesting comment saying, Jake, it's kind of funny. This time of year normally, and we're at September 30th, and in a normal year, BYU would have played what? Three, four, maybe, well, no, probably four games at this point. We would have played five. But he said the interesting note was is that BYU yesterday at practice and throughout this week that he's attended so far 
as they look the healthiest they have looked to him after the first month of a season in quite some time. Part of that can be chalked up to the fact that BYU has only played two games. Let's freely acknowledge that. But you also have to consider normally BYU is an independent, or at least over the past three or four years, they have played, what, three, four power five opponents at this point in the season and normally they've gotten extremely beaten up guys lost to injury just a bunch of dings and dents that come from playing high level competition so everything i'm hearing out of practice this week is byu is actually pretty healthy all things considered of course tristan hodge will still be out for some time before being cleared by doctors after dealing with pneumonia following his positive test for covid19 i'll tell you this much i would expect byu is extremely cautious with him and they're going to make sure that he is fully fit before he resumes football activities, practicing, playing in games, etc. I think that it's going to be that offensive line for BYU in going forward, barring some other change-up with injury, etc. It's going to be Brady Christensen at left tackle, Clark Barrington at left guard, James Empey at center, uh, Chandon Herring slotting inside to fill for Tristan Hodge at right guard, and then a battle between Harris Lachance and Blake Freeland at right tackle. Both of them are listed as co-starters of the position this week. Freeland got the start last week and played based on what I, what I saw, the majority of the snaps at right tackle, but they're leaving the competition open and I think that's a smart thing to do make both of these guys earn it every day in practice that just makes for a better I guess talent uh, base for BYU across their offensive line I really like what BYU's got going on this offensive line. They've been absolutely dominant through two games, and I think they're going to continue to do that. I really look forward to that. A couple of the notes out of practice this week for you guys. Some of you have reached out and had concerns with regards to Tyler Algier. All indications are that he is fully fit and healthy. Uh, He is going to be ready to go against Louisiana Tech. I understand some of you had concern that in the third quarter of that game against Troy, he seemed to be limping a little bit, but I think due to the script the game BYU being up so large that the coaching staff at that point was like you know what let's not risk you to further injury shut it down you did your part we'll look ahead to next week but everything I've heard about him this week in practice is he is 100% and ready to go that's a positive sign I think him and Lopini Katoa are very much the one-two combo for BYU at running back the good news is I'm also hearing that Sione Finau gets closer and closer every day I don't think he plays this week personally but it wouldn't surprise me next week against UT San Antonio to see Sione Finau make his season debut he He's back practicing. He's working out with the team. And it'd be good to see him finally back out on the field because he would bring yet another talented running back to that group at BYU. And really, I think he has an opportunity to be, make it a three-headed monster for BYU rather than a tandem duo at running back. Additionally, Miles Davis, I think the coaching staff's been impressed with him early on in his transition to playing running back. As far as I'm aware, Miles never played running back growing up. I haven't had a chance to speak with him directly, so I don't. I have to acknowledge that, but the coaching staff, from what we're hearing, is very impressed with his transition, and it may be a permanent position change for him playing running back for the Cougars. I think many people late in that game against Troy saw some good things from him, a nice burst with his ability to really break uh, through the line and get it into the open field. I think as he matures and understands more of the nuances of the position, he's only going to get better, and that's a positive sign. But I think all things considered, the overall 
gist of what I'm getting from BYU is that the team's relatively healthy. Hayden Livingston, I would expect, probably remains in the concussion protocol. Uh, obviously, suffering that injury on the kickoff against Troy, I would expect it's a long shot for him to be cleared to play this week against Louisiana Tech, but we'll see what happens going forward. And then also, Uriah Leatawa. He is getting closer and closer to a return, folks. He suffered a lower leg injury in fall camp, as we reported here on the podcast. He broke the news here, but it sounds like he is progressing faster than expected and could return at some point here in the early to mid part of October, and that would only add to the depth for BYU on their defensive line. So there you go. What I've learned from practice this week, and the good news, I guess, overall note is that the health of BYU, all things considered, very, very good as they get ready to enter the second month of the season in a full month of games we hope to be played in the month of October. All right, coming up here in just a second, I wanted to get you guys some highlights from a very fun interview with Isaac Rex yesterday. He was available during media availability and had some very interesting thoughts about his first career touchdown that he caught against Troy, more about his role going forward with the BYU football program, and I guess we'll call it a dig at his father for a famous incident that he had while his dad was playing for the Cougars. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Built Bar, folks. 18 unique flavors of the best tasting protein bars on the market. And I tell you what, I am loving these protein bars. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I have never craved a protein bar until I had built bars. They are delicious. They are high protein, high fiber, but low calorie, low sugar, and the perfect complement to anybody and everybody, wherever you might be at in your health journey. I'm a guy who's trying to lose weight. And I'll tell you what, losing weight is not fun because you don't get to eat all the fun things you want to eat. But the best part of my diet, I guess we'll call it, is built bars. They taste legitimately like a candy bar. They're covered in 100% chocolate and they are absolutely phenomenal, guys. Built Bar recently relaunched the all-new Built Bars. They also have the new Built Go pouches. They have so many different options for you, guys. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code LOCKEDON that we talk about, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you'll get $10 off your next order. That's the significant savings on the best-tasting protein bars on the market, guys. Like I said, 18 unique flavors. They have a flavor that'll fit your palate, whatever you like, whatever flavor you like. You like more chocolate flavor flavors, fruit flavors. They've got it all covered for you. Go to BuiltBar.com to learn more about them. Find out more about the all-new Built Bar. And remember, use that promo code Locked On for $10 off your next order. Doesn't matter if you're a longtime orderer like myself or if you're a newbie who's just getting started. BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code Locked On and thank us later. I think I'm starting to quickly realize, folks, that the last name Rex, when you play for the BYU football program, means you have to be a pretty interesting character, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Byron Rex, playing for BYU, was an All-American tight end, just one of the more famous players in BYU history, in an illustrious position, no less. Of course, tight end for BYU has a very rich, tradition-laden uh base of talent that has come through and played for the Cougars over the years. You go back to guys like Todd Christensen. You also have guys like Chad Lewis, Atula Mealy, uh, Byron Rex notwithstanding, Chris Smith, just so many great players. Dennis Pitta more recently, uh, Johnny Harleen, the like. Well, I think Isaac Rex, and this is just my personal opinion, I think he is on the road to being one of the next great tight ends in a BYU uniform. I think this year we're going to see the fast track of him ascending to that number one spot at 
tight end for BYU. And it's unfortunately due to the fact that BYU lost Matt Bushman to a season-ending injury. You never want to lose probably your top offensive threat to injury. There's no doubt about that. But in the case of Isaac Rex, this is going to open up an opportunity for the redshirt freshman to really come in and stand out, I think, for the Cougars. The crazy thing is, is like I said, he's only a redshirt freshman. He played in one game, if I'm not mistaken, a year ago, caught his first career touchdown against Troy last week. And what he showed in that game against Troy is only the beginning. And I'm looking forward to seeing how he does as a Cougar as his career progresses. But Isaac, his personality was on full display yesterday. We'll start off letting you hear a little bit about his first career touchdown his thoughts on getting that and just ultimately what went into him deciding you know what i'm gonna do the cabbage patch right here in the end zone all right here's the deal with the whole celebration before the game kalani wanted us to get hyped for the game we had no fans there so he wanted the whole group to you know have a dance in their back pocket he wanted someone to you know a lot of guys dancing and he said if hey if no one has a dance then do the cabbage patch so cabbage patch is this just nice and easy uh, not too hard not too complicated and he said hey if you don't have a dance just do that and so obviously I, I'm not a big dancer. I don't dance that much. And so when I score, I've, I freak out. I have no idea what to do, but I have to do a dance obviously. Cause my head coach told me to. And so I just decided to do the, the cabbage patch because my coach told me to. And then all of a sudden I get a million texts saying how bad of a dancer I am and how everyone like hates my dancing. And I was like, that's not even my fault. I'm just listening to my coach and what he's telling me to do. So it was frustrating. I'll uh, maybe next time I'll figure out a new dance because um, I kind of got roasted, but it was a lot of fun catching touchdown and um, and that was a great pass by Zach. Zach dropped it in there and a good call by the coaches. So it was a lot of fun, but. Yeah, I mean, I just I was listening to my coach's advice. So so there you go. He gets blown up because his dancing is quote unquote really bad. But let's be honest, folks, any of you who watched that game, there was a lot of bad dancing on display throughout the entirety of that evening. And hey, you know what? BYU's having a great time. I'm not going to knock them for that. But Isaac, I thought his dancing might have been one of the better dances we caught on video of that game. But that's just my personal opinion on the matter. But he also talked a little bit about the fact that, you know what, when he high fived the rest referee he may have made a mistake here you go i had no idea but i guess that, that's kind of byu tradition i i've heard guys do that before there's there's been uh players that hug the ref i think after nebraska that hail mary they hugged the ref mine wasn't that big of a deal but uh i just i i gave the ball to james empey and then i high-fived the ref i should have high-fived james empey and then gave the oh no yo I gave the ball to James Envy. Yeah, high five the ref. I should have done the opposite. So I uh, kind of screwed up there also. But, you know, it was my first touchdown. So I had to, I, I was, I was kind of like all crazy. And, but I'll figure it out one day. I'll get, my mind won't be so uh, all over the place. The two famous incidences that I can think of BYU players high fiving a referee involve Riley Nelson against TCU. Was that in 2010 down there in Texas? He jumped up after scoring a touchdown on the goal line and high fived the referee. And you also heard uh, Byron, uh, not Byron, Isaac uh, reference the uh, famous Taron Houck hug of a referee. I don't think he high fived him, if I recall correctly. He did hug the referee after that famous Hail Mary from Tanner Mangum to Mitch Matthews. So BYU players, yes, they have had some incidences with uh, these referees. But you know what? 
they're innocuous. They're not meant to be ill-hearted, and they're not meant to be something that is going to show an opponent up. Isaac Rex, Kalani Satake said, you know what? We told him we want him to dance, and you heard Isaac talk about the fact that Kalani told him he wants them to dance when they're celebrating, etc. But it sounds like Kalani, and uh, he think he meant, you know what, Isaac? Celebrate on the sideline, not in the end zone where you could have a 15-yard penalty flag thrown on you for unsportsmanlike conduct. I'm sure that'll be a message to the BYU football program going forward here. Guys, if you're going to celebrate, let's celebrate on the sideline where referees can't really control what we do. Obviously, if you're in the end zone and a referee takes exception to what you do, that's a 15-yard penalty and that only hurts the team. One interesting note, and I forgot to address this earlier on, is BYU has been relatively penalty-free through these first few weeks of the season. I guess first two weeks officially in terms of games. Uh, Brandon Gurney brought it up with Aaron Roderick yesterday and A-Rod, we'll get back to Isaac here in a second. I'm making in a pivot in the middle of me recording this podcast, but Aaron Roderick had a very interesting thought. BYU has had, I believe, three official offensive penalties this season, and here is what the emphasis has been from Aaron Roderick's uh, perspective of how BYU has been going about this, making sure they stay relatively penalty-free and not inflict those self-inflicted injuries. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, the two main points that we we made in the offseason was that we were going to be reliable and we were going to be violent on the field. We we're going to be a physical team. And the reliability, though, comes first. And so we've been just uh you know it's it should be it should be one of the strengths of our program is that we have we coach reliable guys that'll do what you tell them to do that will show up and be the same guy every day and we've we've stressed that hard in the offseason and through two games it shows up you know we've got a lot of a lot of different people in and out of the lineup and they've they've proven to be reliable and be able to do their jobs and get off on the snap count and block the person they're supposed to block and play with the technique they're supposed to play with and that's what we're trying to do. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we can keep it up the whole season, but we're, we're sure we're sure making a making it a huge emphasis. So and I appreciate you noticing that because that's something that we are stressing to the players. It's like, hey, these other stats are great, but as long as we keep playing clean football and not giving it to the other team, we're going to have a chance in every game. There you go. Aaron Roderick obviously is a guy that uh, he understands the importance of staying ahead of the sticks. Injuries and penalties obviously will hurt you, and especially penalties, the five-yard variety. We're talking false starts, illegal formations, those type of things that have been a plague for BYU under Kalani Satake's tenure, it feels like, especially the first two years with uh, guys like Jeff Grimes in charge. BYU seemingly could not get out of their way at points with those penalties. So far this season, they've handled things the right way, and I think that emphasis that they have made on this, as you heard Coach Roderick talk about, has been a big benefit to them. And here's hoping that it continues. Obviously, if you can have relatively low penalties, that is going to help your offense. And BYU is just off to an incredible start offensively. And that's a credit to the coaching staff getting their message through to these players. All right. Now, back to Isaac Rex for one more thing here. He had an incredible comment talking about his father, referencing a famous incident where Byron uh, took exception to some of the treatment he was receiving at the hands of fans in the islands out there in Hawaii may have used a queen mother of expletive multiple times after celebrating a touchdown ultimately had to serve I think a one game suspension if I'm wrong about that some of you older listeners will let me know but I believe it was a one game suspension for Byron a famous incident but uh, Isaac decided you know what I'm going to reference it so here you go yeah I didn't I didn't pull my dad I didn't pull the Hawaii Byron Rex I could have, but it was, 
it would have been unnecessary because there's no fans and it was at home. And so I guess I could have done uh, pulled up Byron Rex to Troy, but that would have been unsportsmanlike conduct. So, you know, uh, I he was very stoked though. He was happy for me. My dad's really supportive, and it was cool seeing the, his son play at the same stadium he did and catch a catch a touchdown. So he wants me to catch more, obviously, and and play even better. But uh, he was he was proud, and he's a really supportive dad. My mom was really happy too. So. Uh, it was cool uh, making that play, but I'm not satisfied with that one play. I got to keep making more. I'm going to guess that Byron probably made a call to Isaac and said, Son, why did you have to bring that up? Why did you dredge up those bad memories? But one of the more famous and I think funny moments in BYU football history because obviously BYU being a church school representing the LDS faith, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they're always going to be held to a higher standard. There's no doubt about that. And it's just funny to hear Isaac talk about the fact I could have done what my father did, but that would have been the wrong thing to do. So he's learned his lesson from his father's example, but I think Byron... (laughs) Probably not exactly the happiest that his son is referencing that a moment he'd probably rather leave in the past. But nonetheless, a great conversation with Isaac Rex. And like I said, I think he is on the fast track to stardom at BYU. I really do think he is going to be a star for the Cougars. He's got all of the tangible you want to see. Six foot six, 250 pounds, runs like a deer. I know I'm using a lot of superlatives here, but I'm telling you what, Isaac Rex, I think, is the next in a long line of good BYU tight ends and here's hoping his career pans out the way that I kind of envision it panning out all right coming up here in just a moment we will catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news got a couple other notes for you for you to pass along to you that's a very convoluted statement there but we'll get to all of that here in just a moment before we do that though a reminder and another request for you guys to leave us a rating and review especially on Apple Podcasts. I've got some BYU Nike gear I'm looking to give to you guys and the way we're going to do it is if you leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts as well as a review of what you like about the podcast we'll be happy to enter you in um, I kind of a funny thing is I one of the reviews came in this week and said hey Jake does a great job job covering all things BYU, keeping me up to date on everything with the Cougars, but he's also helped me add the term, I can tell you this much into my daily vernacular. I'm not going to lie, folks. I get made fun of ad nauseum by my family who is closest to me about my reliance on certain phrases when I do this podcast. And you know what? It's just part of who I am. It's always how I've been my entire life. And if I can help you add certain things to your vernacular, to your vocabulary, I'm happy to do it. But leave us that rating and review. I will get you entered to win some BYU Nike gear and get that shipped out to you guys. And like I said, a big thank you once again for your continued support. So leave us that five-star rating. Also, a sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, especially an Apple podcast, and you will be entered to win. I won't do it, folks. I will not do it. I will not hop on the hashtag Zach for Heisman bandwagon. Uh, started popping up on social media yesterday. Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated wrote a story about the, quote, way too early Heisman list that listed BYU quarterback Zach Wilson as one of the candidates for the Heisman Trophy this fall. I will not get suckered into this. Here's the thing. Zach Wilson will not win the Heisman this year. That may hurt to hear on your ears, but based on the schedule that BYU has, he will not win it. 
if he were to go out and do what he's doing so far this season against BYU's original schedule, I'd be more inclined to believe the hype. And I'm not trying to be down on Zach. He is off to a marvelous start. 78% completion percentage. He has looked just incredible. Shows a much stronger arm, I feel like, this season. But no. Folks, no, 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 no. I will not do it. La, 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 la. I've got my fingers in my ear. That whole thing. I will not start this whole thing about talking about Zach Wilson for the Heisman. It's just not worth it, folks. Uh, Coach Mateos on this podcast kind of broke the news last year that he preaches to his offensive linemen that praise is poison. Don't drink the poison. Zach Wilson, don't drink the poison. Don't buy into the hype. Focus on what you can control, and that is your play every game. And I believe that there are going to be, I think, opportunities for Zach to be a great quarterback. I think he is going to be a good quarterback in BYU history. I think the interesting part is you have guys like Dylan Cauley. He's a guy who is famous for making a statement after the famous Idaho Potato Bowl in 2018 that Zach Wilson could become an all-timer, one of the best BYU quarterbacks of all time. Well, Dylan doubled down on this yesterday. He joins DJ and PK on the Zone Sports Network each week on Tuesday. It's a show that I work on. I produce it. And had a very interesting thing. He doubled down on it and still thinks what we're seeing from Zach Wilson only emboldens him in believing that Zach Wilson will be an all-timer in a BYU uniform. I get a lot of slack for my comment after the uh, after the, the bowl game in 2018, right, about what I believe. Zach Wilson could be, which is one of the greatest BYU quarterbacks of all time. Yep. Right. So now that we're all seeing, you know, outside of the mental, we see a full health, right? We see a kid who is uh, comfortable with his receivers. He has a phenomenal offensive line. I mean, when it comes to just flat out arm talent, technique, being a quarterback, uh, I think a lot of people are now seeing that Zach Wilson really does have that capability of being one of the greatest of all time at BYU. Right now, how does he spend this next two years? What happens mentally? All of these things. Yes, there are those things that go into effect. But as you've seen, right, the way he carries himself, some of the balls that he, uh, the touchdown that he threw to Isaac Rex, right, um, you look at that as, oh, a nice little eight to 10 yard touchdown. Whereas he's rolling out to the left and can get the ball across his body and drop it in right behind the defense to get to Isaac to where only Isaac can get it. Uh, the dude has all the tangibles and all of the ability to be the top tier quarterback that he is. And I just hope everyone's starting to realize that. There you go, Dylan Cauley. And Dylan's not wrong. I, all, everything that we've seen from Zach Wilson so far this season makes me think, you know what? Everything that he's been hyped up to be, everything that's been talked about, his skills, his arm, all of his ability, his intangibles, his IQ, all of the different things that go into making a great quarterback. We're seeing that on display early on this season. But no, Zach Wilson's not winning the Heisman this year, folks. And let's just, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on the hype for that. I've seen some articles being written yesterday after Pat Forty's article came out. But I just, I can't do it. I cannot do it. And that may be just me, but I cannot hop on this hashtag Zach for Heisman bandwagon at this point. If he comes back next year against a schedule that has multiple P5s and BYU just looks incredible against that schedule and proves that this year, if they were to run the table, etc., was not a fluke against lesser competition, sure, then I'm hopping on the bandwagon at this point. But two games into the 2020 season, 
it's not worth it, folks. Let's not do this. Let's just back away, you know, back away from the keyboard and let's not, let's not buy into the hype. All right, there you go. That's today's podcast. A big thank you once again for joining us. Follow the show on social media for the latest when it comes to the podcast as well as BYU Sports. Search out Locked On Cougars on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to follow me there, send any of your angry missives about me dismissing Zach Wilson. It's at Jacob C. Hatch. And feel free to email the show anytime you want as well. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address for this here podcast. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Wednesday, whenever you hear this, I hope you guys are all doing well, staying safe, being smart. And you know what? Let's have a great day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 30th, 2020. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow in October.